Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. This is the Football News and Knowledge Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Bell. I hope everyone had a great week. We are here at the weekend, the Friday episode, and we're going to start things off by first talking about some rule changes that, or a rule change that could be coming as soon as the season. That rule change being the NFL relaxing on jersey number restrictions for NFL players, which it it's something that I personally never really cared that much about. Uh, I do think that there are certain players that would look way better in numbers than like their college numbers, for example, OBJ and just a number three jersey would be awesome. I believe that if if it is possible, I, I know it's not, but Jadavion Clowney wearing number seven, awesome. But uh, it, it's a real change that some of the players are really liking. I know that uh, Ezekiel Elliott has already uh, came out and said that he's liked all the edits of him wearing his Ohio State number 15. And, you know, I could see some players maybe trying to transition and change into their uh, old number because there's certain players that may be superstitious. There, there's a couple players who probably are in the NFL right now who are saying, you know, I'm not having as good of a career that I thought I would have. Maybe it's the number. And I know that's like maybe like a hot take, but superstition is really like a big thing, especially with athletes. When I was growing up, there was a kid who literally had to have his socks a certain way. Otherwise he didn't think he would play good. So superstition is very much so real. Uh, but this is, this is pretty nice. It's kind of big news. Uh, the quarterbacks will be able to wear the numbers between one and 19 Wide receivers would be able to wear numbers between 1 and 49 and 80 to 89. Running backs would be able to wear 1 to 49 and 80 to 89. Tight ends would be able to wear 1 to 49 and 80 to 89. Defensive backs would be able to wear 1 to 49. Linebackers would be able to wear 1 to 59 and 90 to 99. Uh, offensive linemen stay the same for the most part uh 50 to 79 and defense alignment can still or can wear 50 to 79 and 90 to 99 so there's not much change for the offense and defensive line but it, it's still it's still nice to think about uh i mean clearly this was something that players probably wanted and I believe it was the uh, Baltimore Ravens uh, staff that suggested this rule change and if it was them whoever whoever it was bravo to them because like there there are definitely certain players that they just don't look right in their current numbers and it's just like with players that are coming out of the draft I mean Imagine if 
like right now we saw mm, Larry Fitzgerald go to like let, let's say he goes to the Packers and the, I know that he wouldn't be going from college to another team it would look weird enough that he would be wearing a Packer uniform but could you just imagine him if he wasn't able to wear number 11 like if he was going to go to the Packers and then he was going to wear 86 that that it won't look right and it'll be nice there there's going to be players who are going to be able to stick with their uh number that some of these numbers are favorite numbers for these players i mean i wore my favorite number which is number 11 in high school um granted i was a wide receiver so i could wear that but I, i'm very happy for these players and it makes sense for the ownership and the players to want this. I mean, ownership, it makes sense because now all these players that are in the NFL, maybe they want to change their number. Maybe, let's say let's say Tom Brady, which I, this is just an example, but say Tom Brady wanted to go and be number 10 uh, because he played his number 10 at Michigan. And he changes his number to he changes his number to number ten, which for one would kind of be an a hole move since he kind of made Chris Godwin uh, change his number last year. But uh, if he went back to number ten, then all these Buccaneers fans, anyone who's a fan of Tom Brady, who just bought a Buccaneers jersey last year of Tom Brady wearing number 12 are going to say, well, holy crap, I need to go get a number 10 Tom Brady jersey now. And they'll go and buy another ten, number 10 Tom Brady jersey. So it makes sense for ownership to want that because it's just more money that will be going in their pocket. And this is, this is a rule that doesn't hurt anyone. It doesn't hurt the owners. It doesn't hurt the players. It's not with anything with, like, safety. So it it makes sense. Um yeah, I mean, th this seems like something that should have been okay years ago. And it it's going to be exciting because we're going to be able to see, like, some linebackers and maybe some other big men wearing, like, n like numbers in the single digits and stuff. It it's just going to be kind of funny and kind of interesting to see. And it'll feel like college football, hopefully, and kind of have, like, a lot of, like, I'm trying to think of the word for it. But almost like a new view uh, to it. So it, it's definitely something interesting. But in other news, uh, it is, I'm, I'm just going to say this real quick, it is John Mann's birthday. So happy birthday to the legendary Raiders head coach and broadcaster. Uh, honestly... If you, I'm everyone knows the game Madden. Uh, if you watch football, I'm nearly certain that you know the game Madden. Uh, and that, 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 that guy's the face of Madden, essentially. Yes, not anymore. He used to always be the cover model, I guess you could say. Uh, it was always John Madden's football, the early or the late 90s. Uh, 
ones, and even the mid-90s, it was always John Madden football, and they eventually dropped John's name from it, but still Madden football, and legendary head coach, like I said, Hall of Fame head coach, and terrific broadcaster. Uh, today, we will be doing a mock draft of the first 10 picks in the NFL draft heading into this next season. The teams that are picking in the top 10 are Jacksonville Jaguars, the New York Jets, San Francisco 49ers, Atlanta Falcons, Cincinnati Bengals, Miami Dolphins, Detroit Lions, Carolina Panthers, Denver Broncos, and the Dallas Cowboys. We'll be doing that soon, probably after the commercial break that's coming up rather quickly. Uh, so, yeah, as a matter of fact, we're going to use that opportunity to head to commercial. When we return, we will be doing the first 10 picks of the NFL draft, a mock of the first 10 picks. When we return after this. Welcome back. This is the Football News and Knowledge Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Bell. Within 20 days, the NFL Draft will be here. In 20 days, I should say. It starts on Thursday, April 29th, and goes through Saturday, May 1st. And needless to say, a lot of people are looking forward to to this draft, they, they're hoping that their team is able to draft a player in the first round or, or in these rounds that will help build their team up to be Super Bowl contenders year in and year out. And that being said, we are going to start with doing mock drafts this week, starting with this week. <laughs> this week, doing the first 10 picks of the NFL draft. So without further ado, here we go. At number one, it's not even a question. It's Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is going to be picked number one. Uh, you know, it. if anyone really is questioning this, this should, th this, what I'm about to tell you should pretty much put it all to rest because there are certain people that think Zach Wilson is better than Trevor Lawrence. I kind of used to be on that totem pole a little bit, or facing that round, I guess you could say, but I am not really thinking that anymore, and I'll tell you why uh, once we get to Zach Wilson in the draft, but, you know, the thing that really gives it away, Urban Meyer has said that you can't really draft a quarterback uh, until you've seen the ball come out of his hand and everything. And he he hasn't seen Zach Wilson throw at all, like in person. He's seen Trevor Lawrence throw in person and pretty sure that's the only quarterback that he's really went to go scout. So at number one, I am 100% sure 
is going to be, well, I'm not going to say 100% sure, but 99.99% sure that is going to be Trevor Lawrence. At number two, I'm going to go with Zach Wilson. You know, ever since Sam Darnold was traded to the Panthers this week, uh, it kind of just says it all that the Panthers, or not the Panthers, the Jets are going to be looking to draft a quarterback in this year's draft. So I've been said that the Jets are trying to recruit Zach Wilson's family and everything and, like, you know, trying to bring him on and all that. And I, I this is pretty much the, 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 the clear message on the board is, hey, we're going after Zach Wilson, who's the second best quarterback in this draft, which not trying to scare any Jets fans at all, but the only issue that I have against Zach Wilson, because I I've, I saw his him throw and everything, it, it looks phenomenal. He has good mechanics and everything, uh, but the one thing I'd be a little concerned about, he wasn't a starter at BYU until this past year, and... This past year, BYU wasn't even sure if they were going to really have a season, and they really didn't have anyone that they were playing. Like they they scrambled and kind of put down put together a uh, a schedule with a bunch of teams that were kind of no name teams. Uh, it and I mean that I know that's uh. It, it seems like I may fishing for something here with that, but there's teams that when you search up their schedule, guaranteed half of you probably don't know who these teams are. And I'll share some of them right now. Starting off with their... Week, let's see here. What is this? Week two, three, three. They played UTSA. UTSA Roadrunners. I'll give you a second to think about what team that is. Quite frankly, I'm going to search it up just to reconfirm it with myself. Um, The University of, San, of uh, Texas... At San San Antonio. That is not any big name school. That, that is not a school that you think that's going to be competing year in and year out in college football for any bowl games. That's one. Texas State, I'm going to put them in there as well. It's not really a big name school. West Kentucky University, not a big-name school. North Alabama, not a big-name school. Those are just some teams that you look at and you're like, God, the competition's not really that hard. Now, he did beat some teams that were rather good, but like no one that you're like really looking at and saying, wow, that team is competing for, like, Bowl, to be in bowl games, major bowl games. And 
That's why I'm a little concerned with the Zach Wilson draft as of late, only because I do like his mechanics. I like how he throws. He he looks like he moves smooth when he's throwing. He has a great arm and all that, but the level of competition was not great, which it's a little hypocritical of me because I also love Josh Allen coming out of Wyoming. But I like Josh Allen for other reasons than just his throwing mechanic and where he came from and everything. Anyway, going on to the number three overall pick, which is the San Francisco 49ers are going to take Mac Jones from Alabama, which I'm a fan of. I, I think that if you can trust, or Kyle Shanahan, all 49ers fans trust him. In my opinion, I would. Uh, he's a great offensive mind in this game. And I think whatever quarterback he drafts, that's going to be the quarterback that everyone's thinking, ooh, should we have made taken him? Like, if whoever they take, There's going to be teams that are thinking, wow, we should have tried trading up to three and taking Mac Jones. And I think that Kyle Shanahan will be able to do very special things with Mac Jones uh, and so on and so forth. Number four, so I personally have the Falcons trading out of this pick. I have them trading back to the – uh, with the Patriots or having the Patriots trade up to the fourth overall pick, and I'm gonna do a draft as if both of these guys or as if both things happen. So if the Falcons are drafting, I'm I'm gonna have to say tight end Kyle Pitts. It's uh, it's not something that I'd be a fan of personally, uh, mainly because the Falcons do have a tight end already in Hayden Hurst, and it it just really doesn't make sense in my opinion. Yes, Kyle Pitts looks like a freak and all that, but the Falcons need a lot more than a freak in nature as a weapon for Matt Ryan, which... If you don't believe me, they already have a freak of nature at at wide receiver and Julio Jones. While, yes, he's getting old, he was still a freak of nature. And, yes, they have Calvin Ridley. Like, their, their offense would be amazing, absolutely amazing. Like, the firepower. But then again, they do need help on the offensive and defensive line. And you would have to really depend on the second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth, seventh overall picks, or round draft picks, going and being key contributors on the defensive side of the ball. And even the offensive line needs some help. So I'm, I'm not a big fan of them drafting Kyle Pitts. I would much rather prefer them to trade back and for the Patriots to trade up, and I this is actually something that I more see happening. 
I view the Patriots trading up to number four. And if they do, I would have them drafting Justin Fields, quarterback from Ohio State. And, you know, another reason, just like with Mac Jones, uh, Josh McDaniel is a tremendous offensive coordinator. And while they re-signed Cam Newton, that does not mean that they're committed to Cam Newton for multiple years. That doesn't mean that they are even set on him for this season. They could be bringing him in just to be a, a solid backup uh, to whoever they draft and like kind of mentor whoever comes in to that they have whoever they draft if they're able to trade up. But at number five, I have the Cincinnati Bengals selecting Jamar Chase. And this is mainly because, you know, Joe Burrow has already said that he would love to have or have the Bengals draft Jamar Chase, his former teammate. He knows what Jamar Chase can do. And quite frankly, if you believe that Joe Burrow is the Cincinnati Bengals franchise quarterback, the future of franchise, I think you can probably trust him already to like know what, like, when I looked at uh, Joe Burrow play last year, he played very well. I personally would like to see them pick offensive line here, but I get why they'd want to draft uh, wide receiver because they do need wide receiver help. And while a offensive lineman would be great to draft in this, uh, like, to draft Penny Sewell, it'd be great to draft him. But at the same time, are you going to get one of these wide receivers in the draft that will be key contributors like Jamar Chase could? I think that it would be smarter to find weapons for Joe Burrow so that way he can get the ball out of his hands quicker and not have to worry so much about holding on to the ball and making a man miss just so that way his wide receivers can get open. At number six, I have the Miami Dolphins drafting Devontae Smith. Uh, another reason, I don't think that they would give up on Tua this early and draft Trey Lance, who is another project quarterback. Uh, I think that if Trey Lance doesn't get picked by the Falcons, who are really the only ones that are like really big on him for right now, from what I've been hearing, I don't see Trey Lance going in the top 10 picks. Maybe, maybe to actually... Uh, I'll get in that in a sec, but I don't see the the Dolphins moving on from Tua this early unless they could somehow get in the top two picks, which will not happen. And if that be the case, why not try and develop Tua and give him some weapons to work around or to work with? And 
you know, with Jamar Chase being gone, Smith is definitely the next best option, if not possibly the best option in the draft. He won the Heisman this past year. He's a phenomenal uh, route runner, receiver. He has good speed. Yeah, he doesn't have that big physical body. But you know what? To be a wide receiver, you don't need to be huge. That's the one thing that I I don't understand with a lot of people saying, "Oh, well, he he doesn't he doesn't weigh that much. He he doesn't have a he's not big, bruising style. Well, not even bruising, big bodied wide receiver." It's like, yeah, that that's great. He he could still succeed, and he could maybe light up the NFL more than even like a Andre Johnson, a Calvin Johnson, a Julio Jones did, some big body receivers have. And quite frankly, I think he has the potential to do that, and that's why I have the the Dolphins drafting him at number seven. At number eight, if the Irwin Sorry, sorry. The, the Dolphins draft him at six. At number seven, this is a place where I could maybe see the Lions drafting Trey Lance. You know, Trey Lance could could sit behind Jared Goff, kind of develop into the quarterback. He went up to start right away, and, you know, it kind of give the Lions almost like a year or two to kind of just say, you know, Jared Goff is going to be the stop or the bridge quarterback. And I mean, that that's not who I'm picking for the Lions, but I could see it only because of the fact that they have Jared Goff right now. He has a massive contract and it would allow Trey Lance to sit and develop behind Jared Goff. But who I really have them taking, I have them taking Jalen Waddle, the wide receiver out of Alabama. And the reason is Jalen Waddle, and I saw him get compared to the same player earlier this week. He has the potential to be like Tyreek Hill. Not not in like straight line, like top speed but like the quickness out of routes and how long his quickness lasts, which there's too many people that misunderstand a quick receiver with a fast receiver. You can be fast, but you can be not quick at all. Those, those types of wide receivers are the wide receivers that will be able to run past you, but if you ask them to do a, a, a post route, so seven yards and then going towards the goalpost. Coming out of that slant, you're going to be right there with them. Meanwhile, someone who's quick, a la Julian Edelman, right when he comes out of that post or that cut, he's creating separation between you or the defensive back and himself. And then Julian Edelman isn't as fast, so then the defensive back is usually able to catch up. And that's not a shot at Julian Edelman. There's players who are quicker 
and then there's players that are faster. But Jalen Wallachai has he definitely has good speed, and he looks very quick, and that's why I would compare him to Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill has the great speed and the great quickness, but I feel like Jalen Wall could impact the same way that Tyreek Hill does. At number eight, I have the Carolina Panthers selecting Penny Sewell. And this would be a, if Penny Sewell falls to the Panthers, they have to take him. They do have issues with their offensive line. And that's why I believe so. You know, you just, you pretty much are telling Teddy Bridgewater because I'm sure, I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is going to be on the team to start the season. Uh, you're telling Teddy Bridgewater that he's no longer the guy, but you're telling Sam Darnold he's our guy. You're willing to trade draft picks for him. He is your guy for at least a year or two. And why not try to prove that the Jets got it all wrong and Sam Darnold can be a franchise quarterback? But the only way you're going to be able to do that is by protecting Sam Darnold, which the Carolina Panthers' protection has not been the greatest these past couple of years. So, I I could totally see, or if Penny Sewell drops to the 8th, or to Carolina, I think it's a, no, a no-brainer pick that they have to take Penny Sewell. At number nine, the Denver Broncos, I would see the Denver Broncos are another team actually that that could potentially be in the running for Trey Lance. But at the same time, I know that they are considering moving on from Drew Locker, definitely going to be bringing in competition. But I just can't see them taking Trey Lance because like, Drew Locke is a developmental player in general right now because he can't stay healthy. When he's healthy, he's a pretty solid quarterback. And I know that might be crazy to hear. But he is pretty solid. He has a pretty lively arm. Uh, but I wouldn't understand bringing in someone who would need some time. And then you also have your starting quarterback in Drew Locke who needs time. So I'm going to take, if I'm the Broncos, I'm taking Micah Parsons, the linebacker out of Penn State. Uh, you know, their their defense, while being solid, they're getting Von Miller back. They do need some help at the linebacker position. And, you know, they just really need a top-rated linebacker in the draft who is an explosive player, Par- Parsons will strengthen the Broncos' defense that boasted like the league's top-ranked red zone defense, if I recall correctly, this past year. It was, if it wasn't first, it was second. I know that. And Parsons will get a chance to work alongside Von Miller, and it'll, it'll almost, I feel like, be almost... 
comparable to when Von Miller came in the league, and he was on the other side of DeMarcus Ware, which I think all Broncos fans remember that and love that. So that is why I have the Broncos taking him. Now, is it a bit of a risk, especially if, say, all or Trey Lance becomes a franchise quarterback? Yes. But would we really be shocked on John Elway missing out on a quarterback? Because he hasn't drafted quarterbacks well this year. Or, like, I'd be more scared about John Elway drafting a quarterback than him not drafting one. So, Micah Pearsons, or Parsons, that's who I have the Broncos taking. Now at number 10, the final pick of today's first 10 picks. I have the Dallas Cowboys taking Patrick Sertan, who... You know, they, they even with uh, the addition of drafting Diggs last year, Trayvon Diggs, they still need help at the cornerback position. And Patrick Sertan is a true lockdown corner. Definitely the best corner in this year's draft. Uh, based on the film that he's put out, and I believe that he will be able to help solidify that secondary a little bit. So that way, Diggs won't have to worry about people crossing over as much. Because, like, Sertan will be like, make call-outs, make adjustments. And I think he'd be just a great leader for that defense. I think that the potential for the Dallas Cowboys defense to turn around under Dan Quinn is pretty solid even though Dan Quinn never had a good defense in Atlanta I believe the opportunity is there with Dallas since there's already some good pieces in place and in 2016 Dan Quinn still the coach of course of the Atlanta Falcons took the Falcons to the Super Bowl which they lost 28 to 3 yes every Falcons fan knows it uh, but the one thing that a lot of people don't know about that 2016 Falcons, especially their defense, is while Dan Quinn never had a top 10 defense in 2016, the defense started off poor, but to finish the year, they finished in the top 10, statistically, all around. They were tremendous, and I feel like that's a glimpse that or a, a thing that could happen possibly with the Dallas Cowboys because the Falcons in 2016, their defense had a lot of good pieces. They had drafted Grady Jarrett that year, Deion Jones, uh, Keanu Neal, who was a tremendous safety from, they had signed uh, undrafted free agent, Brian Poole, who's now with the Jets, or he might be a free agent as of right now, but he was a tremendous slot corner for them. And along with that, they also got Devondre Campbell, who last season played with the Cardinals, who was a very good linebacker for them. They had Desmond Trufant and Robert Alford, who were already tremendous corners for the Falcons. And 
Desmond Trufant was routinely a pro bowler. So there was some good pieces there for the Falcons. Also, they had Ricardo Allen, who was very solid in that scheme. Now, Dan Quinn has Keanu Neal in Dallas. They, he signed in, or with the Dallas Cowboys. So he already has one piece from his old defense back. And that, with Patrick Sertan, it'll kind of, in my opinion, possibly solidify that secondary. And that's why it makes sense to me. But that about wraps everything up for this week's 10 picks or mock draft. Which next Friday we will do picks 11 through 20. But until that point... We are going to head to a commercial break before talking about our final segment, which is more just a stat or an interesting uh, piece of information on quarterbacks being drafted in the top ten or in the top five. When we return after this. <laughs> Welcome back to the final segment of the Football News and Knowledge Podcast. So, there was a little bit of information that came out about the top five quarterbacks drafted between the 2009 and 2018 draft class. There were 14 quarterbacks drafted. Of those 14... There's only one that remains with the team that he was drafted by, and that is Baker Mayfield. Now, that's not really a compliment to Baker Mayfield because he's only been in the league for three years. But it also kind of is at the same time. But my the whole reason why I wanted to tell this stat is because it it's going to happen that at least one of these quarterbacks, if not multiple of these quarterbacks in this draft, will be busts. There's a chance that they could all be busts, for all we know. There were not a lot of scouts that were able to, or there were no scouts allowed at games. Uh, So, you don't really get the feel of how it is in the stadium in big moments. That you would get, that you you can't get that same effect from watching the film and seeing how a player reacts. But just to go over those quarterbacks from 2009 to 2018, and there's only one that's keeping it from 2008 and beyond, and that's Matt Ryan. But 2009, Matthew Stafford. And quarterback Mark Sanchez, both with different teams or out of the league in Mark Sanchez's case. 2010, Sam Bradford. 2011, it's Cam Newton at number one. And 2012, Andrew Luck, RG3. And we all know that we all thought that both Andrew Luck and RG3 would be still playing right now. 
after their first year in the league, everyone was saying, wow, RG3 is going to bounce back. He's going to be electric. He's going to be the next Michael Vick. Um, He would have been what Lamar Jackson is right now, possibly even better for all we know. Then in 2013, there were no quarterbacks taken in the first five picks. 2014, there was one, and it was Blake Bortles, who we know is no longer with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I believe he played for both the Denver Broncos and the Oakland Raiders last year, or was a part of their roster. 2015, Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota. And while I might be a Falcons fan, I'm kind of mad about Jameis Winston. I got a autographed rookie Jameis Winston card. And I was thinking, wow, this is going to be worth something, uh, hopefully in you know 20 years. And thus far, it wasn't even worth the $5 that I paid for it. Um, because I got in a pack of cards. 2016, Jared Goff. Carson Wentz, both on separate teams, respectfully on the Lions and the Colts. 2017, Mitchell Trubisky, no longer with the Chicago Bears. I believe he's actually, yeah, he's still unsigned. 2018, Baker Mayfield was the first overall pick. Sam Darnold was the third, who is now a part of the Panthers. And that wraps that up. That being said, I hope everyone has a great weekend. Stay safe. If you drink, don't drive. If you could please leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes, that would be greatly appreciated. We will see you again on Tuesday. As I said, have a great weekend. Be safe. And we'll see you on Tuesday.